Hello and welcome to This Way Up. In this series, I talk to a number of leading women in the creative industry, talking specifically about the good, the bad and the ugly of their career. In this episode, I interviewed the brilliant Vicky Maguire. Vicky is the Chief Creative Officer of the ad agency Havas, and she is one of the most awarded creatives in the industry today. Her work includes the hands-on only CPR ad for the British Heart Foundation, starring Vinnie Jones, which has now saved over 50 lives. The Angina Monologues, which earned her a British Comedy Award. She's a vocal advocate of diversity and inclusion. Um, she was the first female to chair Creative Circle, and she's helped set up their foundation, a charity that helps fund students from diverse backgrounds enter the industry. Well, what can I say about this episode? I had such a laugh. Why? Because Vicky is a force of nature who tells it exactly how it is. That might be to do with her working class background or maybe her ability to blag her way into any job or just simply her infectious laughter. And as usual, we chart our way through her career from being fired from every job imaginable in the fashion industry to landing in advertising and recently becoming Chief Creative Officer at Havis London. I don't want to reveal too much about this interview because trust me, you'd rather hear it from her. But instead, I'll tell you the things that you'll learn from her story. The art of blagging, when it's time to move on from your job, the value of having what she calls the three months fuck off fund, how to negotiate your salary, plus much, much more. So without further ado, this is This Way Up and this is Vicky Maguire. Welcome to the show, Vicky. Thank you. As usual with the podcast, I'd love to start from the very beginning of your story. Can I ask where you were born? Uh, I was born in Leicester in 1964. Uh, my mum used to have a store on Leicester Market selling secondhand and crap. <laughs> and my dad was a bricklayer. Uh, I've actually got a twin called Edwina. Oh, I didn't know that. Who's uh, an ex-nurse and is now a teacher. And then I have a younger sister, Molly, um, <laughs> as you say it in Leicester, yeah, who should. was kind of like taking on the family stall. Right, amazing. So she's still... And she's, yes, so still she's still going. on the market. My mum and dad still live in the same house amazing. that they bought 55 years ago. And, uh, and it was good. I mean, it was like it's a working class area. They are, you know, they're mirror reading staunch working class we didn't have any, we didn't have a lot but we didn't yeah. miss a lot because nobody in the same area you know it was a very sen- tight sense of community everybody was the same um everybody was just trying to make ends meet um there wasn't really a lot of kind of like keeping up with the joneses because the joneses didn't have <laughs> fuck all either um and it was good i mean i wasn't acad- you know i'm not ac- edwina's academic my twin was academic right. and because we went to the same school and we sat together and stuff like that, I I was I just I didn't enjoy school at all. Um, until 
until, and probably, you know, literally until I kind of like hung out in secondary school and just found the bad girls. Ah, uh, okay. And, uh, you know, and everybody splits off into, you know, and you split into your little gangs and Edwina was in the kind of like the, the, the chess gang. club, <laughs> you know, and the do your homework <laughs> gang. And I think I, I think I was just literally after years of rebellion, um, with it, we, I mean, I love it dearly, but we are chalk and cheese. Yeah, you really are for twins as well. I mean, maybe that is quite common, but you imagine the stereotype is that you're very similar. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's nurture or nature, but it's kind of like you know we shared a bedroom till we were like sixteen. Right. Oh my god. And, and you were desperately de- and and when you've got twins, everybody thinks it's so cute and want to dress you the same, and so <laughs> so you rally. You literally go to kind of polar opposites. Yeah, can imagine. And you know, and so much as I had, I really didn't like school and was always getting compared to kind of Edwina's top marks and things like that then probably about as young as 12 maybe 12 and 13 I I discovered music I discovered fashion and music well I was going to ask you fashion was a very big theme in your life fashion was a massive theme in my life and but that was purely because at 12 or 13 um, punk hit right and that was absolutely amazing for me. Yeah. That was like that was incredible, and it really was. It's still very much a kind of like because it's so wanky, but it's it's still very much a kind of driving force. That kind of like there is another way, rebellious spirit. Amazing. Um, that you think dampens as, as you get older, but <laughs> no way it didn't. <laughs> Do you think it gets stronger as you get older? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you go in waves. It's, it's, you know, and I'm going on one of those waves now. But punk for me was like, you know, I, I knew I was, I, I'd got a vibe that I was creative, but I wasn't very good at anything. Right. right? Creative in the 70s and 80s uh, was kind of like well if you're creative then you must be able to draw and paint I think it was still that, the same way with me when I went into it seriously it so I, strict. I, I got no idea that any of the industry that I'm in existed which yeah. we wouldn't in Leicester to be fair no um, didn't even think about how films got made or how kind of commercials got made uh but I but I'd, I'd got an itch and I couldn't work out what it was and then you know and it never occurred to me to start a band. I was always a follower. Right. Uh, which is really annoying. If I could go back and have a word with kind of like <laughs> the younger Vicky, it'd be like, get on that fucking stage. That's amazing. Don't try to shag the drummer. Be the drummer. Um, <laughs> but then, as I say, you know, everything around punk just kind of like blew me away. And there was an artist called Jamie Reed who did all of the... Uh, Sex, Pist- uh, Sex Pistols artwork for their yeah, kind of seven-inch right. singles and their albums, and he basically, you know, I remember seeing, a, 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 I don't know whether it was Nevermind the Bollocks or something like that, and it was just all done by photocopy and scrap art yeah, and stuff like beautiful. that. Beautiful. And I was like, shit, I can do that. Yeah. You know, and I there was loads of stuff that I'd picked up from the market because you know I was I mean my mum used to put us under the stall when we were about two or three and a couple of God this is gonna sound so, she'll go mad uh, but you know she'd get two banana boxes and she'd sit us in under, under the stall because we she couldn't afford childcare. Wow, that's you know? a good way to and uh, and so I'd I'd loved you know I've got an eclectic mix of shit as my partner Macaulay would call it, um, <laughs> but I've always kind of like collected stuff and yeah. and Jamie just brought it all together for me amazing so I put so I went to art I went to my art teacher 
and was like, I want to do something like that. And he was he was a bit like, no, go draw that bread plant or whatever <laughs> it was. But there was a, a locum teacher in, uh, you know, a student teacher, and he was like, this is great, check these artists out. And he would literally Aww. give me a whole list of people to go and check out in the library <laughs> uh, because this is well before the internet. And, and I just loved it. Yeah. And I just, I, I basically blagged my way into fashion college. What do you mean by blagging your way in? Blagging my way in, I literally took a folder of just scraps of just stuff. <laughs> you know, I knew a lot about fashion history because I was buying, I was buying clothes and selling them on to the students on, in Leicester Poly. So I was watching what they were buying and so I was buying for them. So, you know, you'd call it trend spotting now. Mm. And that, you'd call it vintage clothing now, but it was just secondhand. Um, so I kind of had a good eye for stuff like that. And then I just kind of cobbled it all together. And, and I just think that I went to, ended up in Newcastle Poly. Um, and I just, I think they're either trying to, I'm not doing a disservice when I say that. I just think it was great. I think they just thought we'll make the numbers up. And she's interesting, but I don't quite know what we'll do with her. <laughs> and to be fair, they took a punt. Yeah. And I would love to say I was a raging success, but I wasn't. I was shit. <laughs> I was I, I scraped I apt it was oh god it was like it was torture what yeah what was it like because there is obviously you had that passion but at the same time there is that wanting to sort of do well it is it's, it it's, was really it was really really hard because it was kind of like you know I couldn't sew I couldn't really draw I could style yeah um and that was starting this is like yeah, mid 80s say. now that that whole kind of that whole side of, of, uh, fashion. of fashion was mm. starting to kind of come through. So at least I could put stuff together. I was just couldn't make it. Yeah. So my final collection was just a, a cobble together of different styles. And I remember some of it was print work. And I remember making a print from things that I'd cut out from the Argos catalogue. Oh, really? and, uh, and I've still got a friend of mine has basically got everything oh, that's she, really she just took my collection I went around I mean this is like years and years and she now lives she's a uh, she's a creative director for Tom's the shoe company oh, wow. and I went around her house a couple of years ago and I looked and in her bathroom there's a curtain made out of a pair of trousers I made I was like You're fuck off kidding. that's a compliment in seriously itself. I'm great. surprised it lasted that long so I scraped through with yeah. a degree and again, you know, this is 80, 87, 88. Um, punk had moved on. We we're all kind of new romantics and we were kind mm. of like clubbing and London was on fire. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I came down to London and, and I could talk myself into a job. I, I just, mean, that's a fucking great skill. You know, it's like, you, it's I, an you amazing know, skill to have. Now I think about it, I'm like, oh my God. God, I can't believe you walked into Westwood and blagged a job. Oh my God, I can't <laughs> Just, believe you. Can you run me through how you did that? Just like, so we can get a picture of like naivety. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Uh, and not wanting to and um, not wanting to go back to Leicester. Yeah. And do you just, like, go out full guns blazing and just... I did. I, I, I actually... St you'd call it stalking now. I stalked Paul Smith. <laughs> I used to leave kind of like... I mean, thinking about it now, it must have really <laughs> fucked him up. Because I used to leave little things on the doorstep of his oh. shop on Floral Street. And 
you know, and he is a big collector of junk if you have a look at pictures of his things. And I'm sure some of the shit I used to find uh, when I went back home to Leicester to the jumble sales and car boots and I'd just, oh, Paul, I'd love that. (laughs) And just leave it on his doorstep and he'd be like, what is this random? (laughs) And then I fessed up a few uh, weeks, a few months later and and he took me on on a trial and he was the one really and I'd worked it everywhere but ever but to be perfectly honest when you're that age and that you know and culturally we're in turmoil we were rocking against racism yeah. we were AIDS was massive our friends were dying we couldn't work out why especially in the creative mm. you know the creative industries we were literally making little blue ribbons to flog for a quid um you know, the government were telling us it was kind of like, you know, it was a dirty disease uh, and nobody knew if they could, you know, take a pee with a toilet seat up. I mean, they, these were crazy, batshit crazy times. Reagan was in power in the States. You know, there was a very, very, very strong chance that we were all going to get nuked anyway. Yeah, yeah, So to be perfectly right. honest, I wasn't thinking long term. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, if I could make my eleven pounds a week rent, I was just happy. Yeah. So I was just, you know, we're all like this. We're all just kind of like bombing around. Yeah. I remember going to parties with like Lee McQueen, and uh, just blagging stuff and just, <laughs> and it's it but was must crazy have been times. a thrill of the the blagging because there is. I mean, I, there I is. I'm, yeah. I'm a blagger. You as know well. exactly yeah, what I mean. There is. It's a great little. You, you do get a little you, you do drag get, almost, isn't that's it? That's exactly. Yeah. You do get a high. You get a high from it. But right. also, would you recommend for anyone that is that age to do a bit of that? Because actually, trying out loads of different places is so good for the soul, for the confidence. That I, I would say, anyway. We see. But if we are, if we are arch blaggers, yeah, right. Um, there are. I think there are a lot of people doesn't necessarily mean in this industry who have been brought up especially through the education system to lose the lose that oh completely you know you're yeah, the ones yeah. that you're the ones that sit at the back the class clowns yeah that's right you know the ones that get marked down for yeah. not being able to kind of like you know to you know write on the line this, or oh kind of you know disrupt or all this kind of stuff right i mean I, I grew up in france and it was even stricter than than in england it was just crazy yeah, yeah it's, it's so it's bad it's so weird isn't it and it's kind of like that's so funny because you know in france and and in places like russia when you look at, when you look at handwriting yeah. it's all the same yeah that's it's right absolutely all the same i was obsessed because my handwriting is so shit me too and, and i was like oh my god i'm a bad student yes what the fuck i know <laughs> seriously so if anybody has got that blagging gene yeah i would encourage them to go against what you've been told for the God knows how many years in kind of yeah. like, you know in education and and just explore it yeah sharpen it nurture it yeah absolutely try it but also even if you don't just trialing tons of different jobs I think I, you have to it's so good because there's a lot of arseholes as well out there let's yes. face it so you need to be able to get your arsehole detector it's on true. or something it's true you know it's it's you know, it's life, isn't it? If you yeah. don't feel like, you know, if you don't feel like you you, you fit in or you don't like it, then you, then move on. Do not, I mean, never worry about jumping about on your CV, yeah. especially as a creative. Yeah. You know, I don't, I genuinely don't give a shit. Yeah. No, you know, so I've, I'm working with people now that have been in the same place for 20 years and they are incredible. Yeah. 
because they've rolled with the punches and they're amazing. But then I'm also working with people that kind of move every three or four months. Perfect. Yeah, because also those type of people question things a lot more. This is it. And, and you, you need find, that because yeah. if you're always doing the same shit, you're not going to be able to change things. You find what's right for you. And I know it's so easy Yeah. to say that. But, genu- but genuinely... It's, you know... No, it is. It's absolutely... It's like the simplest thing, but it's actually the hardest thing to, ha- yeah. to happen. And going back to that time where you try out loads of different <laughs> jobs in fashion, um, you know, I think I asked you before, because we, we, we've chatted about this, that, you know, there must have been a point uh, in terms of your confidence where you were just like, for fuck's sake, I'm getting fired. This is, this is, this is tough. I, I genuinely, genuinely just... I mean, it was like, oh, here we go, here we go again, here we go again. Um, and I, I was starting to question whether or not I was any good at it, and which is why I tried a lot of things. I, not only did I try fashion design, I tried PR, fashion PR. Right. Then I tried journalism. Then I tried styling. And then I tried, and then I tried small companies. I tried massive companies, yeah, like French Connection and those kind of places, and uh, some big names. Like, like, oh my god, huge, huge names! I mean, I could literally, as I say, I could blag it. Yeah. So I was like, well, can I can I lose myself in a big place and get my shit together? No. <laughs> so then I tried, I tried very small boutique designers, and Ted Baker at the time, I think, was about eleven or twelve people, and. And there I could do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I didn't have to be great at everything. So I would I would be, maybe two days a week I'd be designing shirts. I mean, you can't fuck a shirt up, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, and then I'd be working on what, what it would look like in the, you know, for the window displays. Yeah. And then I'd be writing a press release to do something. So there, I found a little bit yeah. of my All niche these. then. But I, but I need, and, and thankfully he... I worked for him for a, I worked for them for a while, which meant meant that I kind of like settled a little bit. I mean, it was probably eight. When I say a while, it was probably a year. Yeah. Or maybe eighteen months. Um, and that weirdly is when I uh, we shared an office. We shared a um, a floor on uh, Great Titchfield Street mm. with a new advertising agency called How Henry. That's right. And and I used to see people like. David Bonaguidi and I'd see people like Trevor Robinson in the lift and I thought they were super cool <laughs> um, Bonner used to uh, try to get his bike in the lift every time we were trying to, trying to get in it as well and I just thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen <laughs> and, and they were really cool and I'd go wandering in there kind of seeing if anybody wanted some old shirts that we couldn't sell and they'd come wandering into us and find out what we were doing and 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 I'd go into them and I'd be I'd look at Trev and I'd look at Bonner and I'd be like, You get paid how much for sitting with your feet on the table thinking of ideas? <laughs> and I was like twenty eight I was old, I was twenty eight or twenty nine at the time. And uh, and I was like, Oh, this is good. And I remember uh, you know, before I started at Ted Baker I was I'd got the boot from um, Paul Smith. And I remember him telling me, stop trying to draw, write your ideas down instead. Write your ideas And I down. wasn't a writer. I'd got grade, grade one CSE, which passed as an O level. But I wasn't a massive writer. I wasn't a reader. I love lyrics because I still love music mm. and I can still recite. Every word. Yeah, literally, <clears throat> kind of like, you know, the message, Grandmaster Flash or whatever. Um, 
and and then it was like oh and I remember Trevor saying to me okay you know have a look at these books he gave me a load of old DNADs and uh, and have a look at this brief and that's what set me off amazing and and again the sort of the blagging part of you just took over in terms of the fear of what if I fuck up again is that I couldn't really fuck up because I hadn't, actually hadn't got a lot so I was still in rented accommodation right I was still I'd got I'd got kind of like I'd got sweet fuck all um but I knew that there wasn't a lot left for me in fashion because yeah. I, I was running out of places to kind of blag to yeah. <laughs> and this seemed quite new and this seemed quite exciting and because I hadn't got anything yeah um I didn't mind dropping down again of course yeah yeah, yeah. um but I had in those in, in that time I'd worked for some pretty powerful women. I'd worked for uh, I'd, I'd done a stint with Anita Roderick at the Body Shop. I'd done a stint with a woman called Tanya Son who runs a, an agency called Ghost. I'd done Vivian. Uh, there were a mm. lot of a lot of very powerful women at the top of their game in fashion with their names above the door, and I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I started to kind of like get into advertising, and I was like, oh wow what is this and I was taken on you know I, I knew I was taken on as a novelty act right you know what I mean yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of I like do. that's great though. and it was you know and it was good for me and again if I knew about the industry I probably wouldn't even gone anywhere yeah. near it right so the naivety again sort of saved you but I was lucky in the sense that the two guys that had really interested who had really kind of uh, championed me at the very early days uh, David Bonaguidi was a working class Italian uh, who took no shit, who was, ve- you know, and he'll admit himself he's very Marmite. <laughs> uh, Trev Robinson, you know, Sir Sweet. Trev is just like next level. Yeah. He's but, you know, he was, you know, he was, he was dreadlocked. And again, you know, and, and when you look back at how Henry, they were, they were the outsiders. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, and that was my first, uh, that was my first introduction to advertising. So when I rocked up at other agencies and it was totally different, I'd still got the grounding of those guys going, actually, they're outsiders, but they are successful. Yeah, 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 that's great. So it gave you that confidence. Did you find that you coming up with ideas in the creative process, did you just took like a dug to water or did it take a few sort of more years to really got, get into it. it you know it, I took to it really I took to it because I I'm never short of an idea yeah right <clears throat> I mean I'm, I'm short of good ones <laughs> but that was and you know somebody telling me that isn't good go again it's not a problem it was such a revelation to me because they were saying it isn't good get out which is basically what had happened first since I'd left college yeah, you know what course. I mean so it was like give us more give us more give us more give us more so the quality may not have been there, but the quantity certainly was. Yes, that's the key thing. Um, and so that was never a problem. Yeah. And it was great because, my God, look at all this. You get free pens and layout pads and this high as a kite on those old black markers. And, <laughs> and it was great. And also at that time as well, if we can paint the picture, it was also a very big party scene within the, oh the world God. of advertising. It, it was, was like ridiculous. The shoots, the money, the... <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, you know, there was always, there was always a do on. The, you know, the older creatives, and I can totally, you know, I can totally get that now. The older creatives were like, here, do you want these tickets? Uh, we were a novelty act. Uh, I'd actually teamed up with another girl against okay. everybody's advice. A girl called... <laughs> 
daughter Nilsson, who is now head of Creative Circle over in uh, over in Copenhagen and is ridiculously talented and writes books on unlocking people's creativity. Amazing. Um, but we were we were the girls. We were yes. the novelty act, and you right. got invited to everything. Amazing. And obviously, I loved that. Yeah. You and know. were you the copywriter and she was the art director? I, the was other a co- way I was a copywriter, she was the art director, but the beauty about working with somebody like Daughter, um, and English being a second language, is that you had to hone your idea down oh. to the simplest, simplest kind of thought. So a lot of the stuff in my very early book probably didn't even have a headline on, it was so pure. Amazing. And that was, that was incredible. Yeah. That was incredible. Wow, what a... So you did you move on together to, we to another of, We moved on. We, we st- I think we started at an agency called uh, Butterfield Day, BDDH, and that was really kind of like... It was really good, and it was kind of like... It was... I learned some lessons, some brilliant, some not so good. That was the first time, really, I think I'd come up against... Prejudice, innocent ignorance, call it what you want. But I remember being asked to take my name off a script <gasps> because it said Vicky McGuire on the top. They used to have the names. Right. And, uh, and was asked to uh, change it to Mickey because the client... Didn't like women. ...wouldn't have wanted, or so I was told, wouldn't have wanted a woman on their piece of business. Oh, my God. And I did it. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I also know what it's like at the beginning when you first start you're kind of like so grateful for the opportunity you don't stop to think hang on a fucking minute that's really out of order yeah 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 no exactly yeah. I mean like you know god the, you know Vicky somebody doing that to me now they, yeah you know they, <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't be walking <laughs> no, but, they um, wouldn't be walking seriously and then you know a few a couple of years later I'm going to present something to a client my first client presentation because it was very hierarchical back in those days. How Henry wasn't, but there was there was still. Yeah. You learnt your place. You learnt your, you know, you learnt on radio. Then you moved on to print, and then you did. And I was presenting. I was going to my first client meeting to present something, and I was super excited. And I was dressed up. And I, when I tell people I was wearing Westwood, they imagine. But I, I looked good. I looked very, very professional. I, I don't. Yeah, Westwood I, is amazing. I, I, you know, it was, it was, it was black. It was tailored. It was great. And and it, but it was trousers, um, and I think I got flat shoes on or something like that. And I and the creative director was like, "You can't present like that." <gasps> And I'm like, excuse me, uh, that you can't present like that. That's not how the client expects. Uh, I, this is this is not how the client expects women oh, um, women in advertising to dress. And I look round, and there was no there were no creatives in the there were no creative women in the department. Oh god! But every other woman in the agency had probably got a pair of high shoes under a desk for a client meeting right yeah I remember actually you know that, I mean? that wasn't that long ago that no, was still at very all. common and, you know, um, and if you want to do that if that is your choice because you know I've got I've got my therapy red lipstick yeah. that's my battle lip you know yeah, right? yeah, yeah. battle lippy on leather jacket I'm off right <laughs> so if your thing is nude courts I've got my heels on I've got my Louboutins yeah. I don't care then I totally buy that but it wasn't my thing no of course and so he gave me no 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 it gets worse he gave me 30 I think it was 30 quid (gasps) and he goes go down to the shop at the bottom of the road buy yourself some shoes and a dress 
God. And the bottom of the shop at the bottom of the road was Dorothy Perkins. And I came out with a pair of mid-heel courts, some tights, and and like a, a shift dress. And I literally did my first client presentation feeling really uncomfortable, not feeling myself, yeah. probably not saying two words, but looking like Susan fucking Boyle. <laughs> right? And I will never, never forget that on yeah. so many levels. I can tell because as you're recounting it, I can tell from your face, it, like it pains oh, me. I can feel, Just, the, I, I can I can feel, feel your the polyester pain. now. <laughs> Seriously, but I will never, you should never, I will, and one of the biggest lessons is never put somebody in a position where they feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, there is just so many things that's wrong. Not just Honest to God. Uh, like, one, you should never tell any. I mean, the good news nowadays is I think if anyone did that, if any men did that, I think they'd, they'd know they'd be in big trouble. But still, you know... But this, it, it really does unpack this kind of, like, this, you know, this latent kind of ignorance in our industry which really comes back to kind of diversity and inclusion as well because because I, re- I tell that story a lot and that there's a brilliant there's a brilliant woman Sam Brooks who is uh, MD of Blueprint Headhunters and she tells this story um, she was exactly the same Manchester working class came to London uh, you know did a, did a good piece of work I mean she's, she was a suit she'd, and, and they'd either won a massive piece of business or done an amazing piece of work and everybody's like right we're going to go out for, we're going to go out for dinner and she said she went to the poshest restaurant she'd ever seen she'd ever been to and you know more cutlery on the table than she had at the drawers you know had yeah, at the yeah. drawers at home and uh, and whoever she was with was like oh the ladies will choose a wine and so she was handed the wine list and it's in French and it's the, the kind of place that hasn't got um, prices on on the ladies menu because wow. we didn't need to know right so she's wow. looking at this menu and she's starting to kind of like hyperventilate because she was brought up on blue nun and, and <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. snake bites and the waiter came over and said well shall I uh, shall I send the sommelier over and she was like yeah okay love we'll have three bottles of that <laughs> right and, and I fucking love that story it I makes me laugh every story. single time but I use it a lot because of you know the whole you know the whole shtick around kind of diversity and inclusion and I'm so glad that those words are being put together now because it is not enough Mm. hiring working class women BAME and then dropping them in the middle of you know the industry that it was even four or five years ago and expecting them to thrive and flourish yeah you know and as an industry I think we are our arrogance around they have to fit in with us yeah. is just yeah. next level toxic. Yeah, it's awful. Absolutely. And I think it's a really good point that because we there is so much talk about diversity and inclusion, um, rightly so, but it, it sometimes it just stays at the surface. And I think what yeah. you what you've just explained is really important. It's just not about just getting people in for the sake. Yeah, that's I exactly. I mean, the number of time I've had interviews and it's just like, well, you know, and we'll be honest with you, there's just not enough women. <laughs> and I was like, well, how do you want me to feel about yeah, this? I know. Thanks for that. I, know. I mean, I know. you know, I hope you're, you're taking me in not because I'm a woman, but because you love my work. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you should have probably thought of that fucking 10 years ago. Well, when you first started your this agency. This is it. This is it. 
I mean, I am like, I have taken, I was adding it up, I've taken, I think it's somewhere between nine and 12 girls from placement to CD Amazing. in 12 years. That's great. That's not enough. No. That's not enough. Yeah, that's right. Considering you know, how many employees you get per agency, I mean, how, how big is Hamas? You know, and you're like, oh. Yeah. It's like, and, and now I'm starting again. I'm yeah. like, right, okay, here we go. And that's what we've got to do. But, but in an environment that, you know, my job here is yeah. not to get my name over every fucking thing, right? It's not to kind of like, you know, to sit on a plane and kind of like be trolled around like a show pony. Yeah. Going, oh, look, we've got a woman. <laughs> um, is to get out of the way of talent. Yeah. Let it let it survive and thrive, thrive and like, I yeah. think I've always said that if you are an introvert I will find you a corner yeah if you are an extrovert I'll find you a stage but I will do my best that's lovely to bring out your brilliant best yeah and, and I don't care where or how or whatever the hump, you know whatever you have to do I will give you the space, time to be able to do that. And I think Just fucking lovely. bring it when I yeah. need it. That's the deal. <laughs> that's that's, the, that's deal. the deal. And I think that's great. And I think, you know, it doesn't matter about gender. It's, it's just about no. being a fucking great boss. And that's that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, and it, it's not about ego, but you've, you know, you've never had that. But unfortunately, in our industry, there's a lot of egos that are just like, no, fuck off. I want to take the limelight. It, no, it's, you know, I've got, I mean, I, you know, I, ha- I may not have, I mean, I, I'm sh- I probably have got, I have got an ego. I just don't, you know, it's just not to the surface. I've got a lot of chips on my shoulder. Jesus right. Christ. Have I got, <laughs> have I got, you know. What are your chips? Oh, do you know what? This is when I used to sit with Nils Leonard and we used to talk about this because he came, he came from an equally kind of like with batshit background uh, he, t- I remember him taking the job of. I remember him being given the job of uh, ECD at Grey, and I remember the kind of like the you know the like what, who, how, who, who is this man? He's twelve. Um, <laughs> he's t- he's far too good looking. You know what does he know? And you know what he knew to surround himself with people that had something else to prove as well, yeah. and and could get the job done. Exactly the same as what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he always does. You know, there's yeah. a there's a, an, a, a a mug in Uncommon which says it's his tea mug and it's and it just says the tears of my enemies. Yes, I you actually know? saw that on Twitter. And it's great. Yeah, it's, a great it's you know, and yeah. that's and that that is a driver. Yeah, the driver and of people wanting you to you know wanting you to fail. Yeah, and is that your chips on your shoulders as I well? I think I think a lot of it is is <clears throat> I think there is a little bit of that definitely in the early days. She's only got that job because she's a girl. Mm. You know, who really did that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, oh, God. And then I was at a, God, I was at a thing. It was, a, it was a, an industry do, and I, uh, we just announced Caroline Pay to become my joint CCO. Yeah. And an industry veteran, very highly respected guy, came up to me and said, oh, that's a brave move. We're talking three years ago, whatever yeah, it was, three or four years right. ago, Max. Not... That's a brave move. And I'm like, wow, what do you mean? I'm thinking he knew something about Carol I didn't. <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, there'll be a few clients or there'll be a few new business prospects that won't want to come to an agency that's run by two women. I mean, what? you know, but, you know <laughs> what about, you know, you're like, what about, you know, what about a car account or something like that? Oh, my God, And it's yes. like... 
it'll be all right, love. Thank you very much. Yes. And I was, you know, and you're like, I was like, I'm not going to rip. I'm not going to. I'm not going to rip into him. He's old. He'll be dead soon. <laughs> Seriously. And I'm not getting into one of those generational fights where. You know, I'm going to just, you know, he's obviously got a vision of what women are like and I'm not going to play into that. And I would just thank him for for his comments, walked off, you know, said twat under my breath and just thought, die. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I'm impressed by that because... <laughs> i tell you why, because I feel like we've got similar <laughs> personalities. How do you rein in that anger? <laughs> because you, I've also seen you fight. I've also seen you, <laughs> seen you, you know, swear quite yeah, heavily. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, it's interesting. I think it's a really good thing because I think it is true that sometimes it's not fucking worth it. Yeah, he'd, Do, uh, he'd, seriously, he wasn't. Oh. He wasn't. I just looked at him and so I I'm never... I'm never going to whatever I say to you you are still going to pat me on the head yeah exactly and just go you know good work yeah. sweetie and just walk off yeah because yeah it wasn't worth it no and I think sometimes there is a value in just doing your own thing and just going you know whatever I'll this, be over there honestly, I'll be over there winning that yeah. I'll be over there doing that I'll be over there making that and I will be over there bringing those up no, thank exactly. you very much yeah and you're not even in yeah. the sphere oh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> how did you do it no, and also it's just so bloody common. As soon as you said that, I just only remembered uh, a few weeks ago just someone going, well, we've got someone for the sports account. And I knew, yeah, I knew he meant yeah. it, we've got a man for yeah. the sports account. Now we need, you know, he didn't explain exactly, yeah. Yeah, but we need a woman for the more feminine accounts, you know. And, and it's so weird because what do you do? You know, you, you get into these things, don't you? It's like, like I love football. Checker. Oh my God, Chaka studies the beautiful game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is absolutely, absolutely obsessed with. She reads managers' biographies. She will tell you how Mourinho is going to play. I mean, it's incredible. And we yeah. have, and you know, and we sit there because, you know, a lot, of, most of the women in the in the industry are, are good mates, and we all get together and and have a little bit of an overshare. And Chaka and I uh, will sit in sit in the bar of Claridge's and literally talk football. <laughs> exactly. But, but, if you, but it's not my, that is not our thing to be females in a male world. No, that's right. Yeah, we didn't learn that because we were going to have to kind of like, you know, hold our own at some, yeah, yeah, that's some right. client meet. We genuinely, yeah. I'm from Leicester, of course I'm into football. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we genuinely love stuff like that. No, exactly. But when you go, oh yeah, look at Vicky. She's hard swearing, and she, which I was before. If you have to to work on Leicester Market, thank you very much. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a good you lesson. Know, there. And every you know, and and it's it's a family language. Um, <laughs> I love that. Hard swearing and loves football, and it looks like oh well, you know she's you know she survived because she's a you oh, know she's a blokey girl, right? And you're like, no, fuck off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we can swear. We I can know, swear all I love it. And, and talking about that and going back to your timeline, because we talked um, briefly about Grey, the advertising agency, mm. and being chief creative officer with Caroline Pay, who was yeah, also yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast. And, and yeah, what was that like? Obviously, you didn't have any problems with uh, any types of account, I can imagine, compared to what that guy was saying. I love, I mean, gosh, I mean, Grey, I joined Grey, sorry, That's I right. joined Grey for, I went, 
I joined in 2008 and yeah. I went for two weeks freelance. Ah, I didn't know and that. And I left Widening Kennedy. I'd been there four, four and a half, five years. Absolutely loved it. Uh, but I need, but they let a lot of people go when we lost Nokia. Um, and I had learned so much. What a, They were beautiful. You know, I worked with um, Matt and Ben, who are Who, What, Why. Mm. And again, you know, people, Kim, Tony and Kim. Yeah. Kim Patworth, a lot of beautiful man. Um, people that were generous with their time and talent. Yeah. Right? And I bloody loved that. Um, and so, you know, I was, ready for, I was ready for a move. And I went for two weeks of great. And I met Nils. And I met Nils. And I met David Patton who was the CEO at the time, and I met Chris Hurst, who I've, I've, I'm now working for, <laughs> uh, which is funny. And, and it was interesting, and the work, the work wasn't there, the clients wasn't, weren't there, but we were being given an opportunity to turn a big agency around. That's right, because at the time it was sort of struggling a little it bit. It was a little bit. It was, yeah. you know, there was a lot of kind of like, lot of beauty work, a lot of P&G work, but then again, it was the, the 2008, you know. Yeah. The, uh, the recession was hitting. Every industry was struggling, but luckily they were, they knew that they, they had to make some radical changes and they weren't just going to um, go straight to the heart of the periphery. Mm. And, you know, Niels will, you know, Niels will openly kind of like thank David Patton for having the balls to do something you know, different. Do something different. Yeah. And so, yeah, cause of course the we'll work see. wasn't there, but, but, but I was enjoying it. Yeah. And so I stayed. And I, but I certainly wasn't going to stay for 10 years, which is why, you know. <laughs> um, and I just kept staying and staying and staying and staying and staying, and it was great. And then Niels... Um... No, it was amazing. So Niels was kind of like uh, a really, really, really big influence on me, and and the way that you can turn an agency around just on basically talent and energy alone was was you know something that I'm taking ev- I take everywhere. It doesn't matter where I end up. Yeah, it is great to have people like Niels and mm. other people just allowing you that freedom yep. to be to be bold. Yeah. Especially during recession, it's exactly what you need to do. I mean, 2008 was it really was another interesting time, and I remember thinking, "Here we go again." Um, but it's like any, you know, any kind of like any any turbulence in in culture is really is an interesting time, right? Yeah. And that is where you you either hunker down and you kind of like and you lose your uh, you lose your bravery or you come out kind of you come out fighting yeah you know and that's what graded at that time you know and then then you know, you know like uncommon launching three days after brexit yeah that's right you're that's like right. wow everybody's hunkering down oh my god are we going to lose business how you know what are we going to be like if we can't you know work with europe no fuck it don't hunker down and then i got to 10 years at gray and i remember I remember being given a two hundred pounds Marks and Spencer's gift voucher for my ten years of growth, <laughs> and I and I did I don't even, and I was like I did the maths and it worked out four pairs of pants a year, and I tell you now I had gone through more than four pairs of pants a year for the last ten years, and that wasn't the deciding factor. There was a few things. I was getting itchy. I was, I you know I I you know I'd seen you know I I'd, I'd looked at. I'd looked at the Nils model, you know, there were some interesting startups going on and I was kind of like, and I, I was hurtling through the menopause. 
I remember you saying. And I just, and HRT, fuck, it's amazing. <laughs> I literally slapped on a patch and I was back in the 80s again. So I was kind of like, I was like, right, here we go. What am I going to do? Yeah. And I was genuinely talking about doing a startup and I was going to call it an end up because it was going to be the last thing I was going to do and I was going to go out like a Roman candle. And but I was totally, totally not going to do another big agency. Yeah. And then, like, and as then I say, and then I met Sav, and I met Sav in Cannes. Yeah. And Claire, Claire Beale was like, "Meet, go and have a chat to Sav. I think it'd be really, I think it's really and interesting." For people listening, Zav is the Zav. Uh, Zav Rees is my C, uh, is my uh, CEO over at Havas. Yeah. And uh, a lovely, smart, talented, ridiculously clever bloke um, who. Loves a good breakfast, and so do I. And we just met for breakfast. Nice. And he was like, I know you're not interested, but I'd really like you to go and meet my, you know, my MD, a girl called Jen Black. And Jen Black I'd known because I remember uh, her at Mother. And she, I have a very, very, very long list of people in my fantasy agency league. And weirdly, ah. Jen, Jen was one of them, and I didn't know she was here. And I was like, oh, my God, she's amazing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You've got an agency yes. fantasy league. That I've got it. I've got a, I've got a massive black that. book. Do it. It's really good. A play, yeah. play fantasy agency. Yes. All the people that you've worked with for years and years and years and years and years. And then when you're bored, just track, just track, just track them. See where they are now. Yeah, Put them all together. I always and play that. And I think that. you don't have to be in advertising. You could be in any job. Yes, no, exactly. Your fantasy, fantasy, fantasy leagues. Um, yeah, own company. I That's keep brilliant. them. I keep them. I keep a. I mean, I keep a stalkery <laughs> eye. I wear a lot of them. But the stalking hasn't stopped. This is true. <laughs> said Paul Smith. <laughs> all those years ago, '86 or whatever it was, and I started to stalk him. But no, Jen's amazing, and she'd she'd run her own business. She'd run fabula um and i'd got i was like yeah actually you're interesting but i'm not gonna i'm not coming because i'm either gonna do a startup or i'm gonna go and do something else um i might go client side so i was having some interesting conversations but i didn't want to come main agency and then i met our cso mark Sinek, who i'd worked with years and years and years and years ago brain the size of a planet but i wasn't going to come <laughs> and i was going to a startup and i was like talking to a few people and da, 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 da. and then you know and then i just looked at my my whatsapp and it was just full of bants and just good times and and you know and just random thoughts and stuff like this and they started invading into my thoughts and I yeah. remember waking up I was having a lot of those kind of don't whether you get them but I do uh, like wake up at four o'clock kind yeah. of thinking about stuff yeah I definitely and, do um, and I was you know wake up four o'clock where am I going to go what, what should I do when, how, how could I fund that why don't I do that what if I talk to those da, 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 da. and then one night I woke up and it was just all about what well what if I did what could I do and, mm. and who could I do and, and what would we do and, and I just thought well then that's it so I phoned I text Zav and I just went I'm in and he texts back going brilliant really ballsy because I haven't offered you the job yet <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of had to after that to be perfectly yeah. honest so there wasn't any uh, money negotiation then because no it's, it's heart in... first it's heart first yeah and then and then it was kind of like okay don't fuck don't, me up. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't take the piss. Don't take the piss. Don't take the piss, because if you do, I should tell everybody. Yeah. Um, no, it was like, yes, and let's just see what we can do. And brilliant. And now you've been here almost two months, right? Two well, months. Two months. Two months. So I've been dying to ask you from the very beginning, because, um, you know, what is your kind of ambition for, like, 
Havertz or this year or next month? You know, I I want this. I want Havas London to be known, not just in the creative department, but but um, in the whole kind of like in the whole business. I want people here to leave Havas knowing that they've done the best work of their lives, mm-hmm. having the time of their lives, and actually fucking having a life. Nice. Right? Lovely. And that is that is what I want. Having a life is very important. Having a in life in order to make great work. This is you know? yeah, you can't you can't do the best work of your life if you do not have a life. Yeah. You have to bring that outside in. Yeah. Which is why I'm <clears throat> you know, diversity, inclusion, diversity of thought, diversity of background, diversity of culture, diversity of gender, diversity of absolutely absolutely everything. Yeah. You can't just hire women who are the same, who have come from the same background as the men in your department. No, that's right. Yeah, you will get you will get some diff you will get some different skews, but no diversity of diversity of culture, diversity of background, diversity of upbringing, yeah. all of that stuff. It's so is, important, is and crucial. it creates the the best work. All the, t- the honestly, best environment. Like people, just learn so much from one another. It's just ten times better. Osmosis is one of the strongest like education tools ever yeah that's right and you know and that's why you know I I love open plan I love kind of like walking around I I, you know I love taking my kids for coffees I love all of that stuff I love (laughs) it love it love it they're they're my kids they're my babies and some of the kids that I've got are like in their 40s (laughs) they're still the kids but you know and it's not disingenuous it's it comes from a place of love yeah absolutely Um, and, and I'm conscious that we're, we're going to have to end this podcast at one point, even though yeah. I've got about 100 questions. But what I wanted to do is get as much of your lovely, lovely advice, because I know you've got tons about, about careers. Like, for example, how you should negotiate your, your pay. Oh, you I love, the, I love really the pay. Good I love the pay. Well, number one, you... Everybody needs a fuck off fund. That's right. Fuck off funds are three months, three months rent and bills, and and you know, just just get a figure that you can live on for three months. You will always find something else in three months if it's freelance, if it's placement, if you but but just have that cushion because that cushion allows you breathing space and it gives you that little bit in the back of your brain which is I don't have to take this shit anymore. Yes. And you do that mental equation going, is this worth me activating my fuck-off fund? And if it is, just do it. And then when it comes to salary negotiations, right, find out, do your homework, right? Find out when, you know, I've had people come to me in July and the salaries don't get sorted until October and November. Then they get pissed off because they don't think, they think I've got an endless pot and I can just pull it out of my arse and do that. Find out when... (laughs) If you're in a big agency, find out when the salaries, uh, you know, there's usually, yeah, there's usually two, it's usually twice a year. Yeah. Right, time your run. Mm. Right, between six and eight weeks before that run, start to put your play in place. And you go in there, you are going in there as a favour to them, right? Never say sorry. Never apologise for wanting more and never bring any home life or personal yeah. Um, you know, oh, I can't afford to live. My rent's gone up. No, yeah. this this is a professional transaction. Yeah, and you are re basically you are renegot. Think of it as a renegotiation 
of of fees, right? Which is exactly what you do with clients, which is basically, I'm having a wonderful time. I'm really enjoying it. And I think I've really added some value. Yeah, I've kind of like, look what I've done on this account. Look what I've done here. Look what I've done. Isn't this brilliant? I would love this to continue. So let's talk about, you know, my current salary, my current package. And really, I would like to see, you know, either in the next two months, when the you know the new salary increases come out, um, I would like to see da 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 da, mm. and do it that way. You are doing them. Get in the mindset of you are doing them a favour. Yeah. Because exactly. to be perfectly honest, if they don't give it to you, and I don't go in with this threat yet, if they don't give it to you, they would probably have. To, and you've got that thinly veiled. Well, if you don't, this is a kind of like, this is a role that I'm. You know, I would. I'm, I want to go into, and this is where I think I'm really adding some value here. They will be in the back of your mind when anybody ever does that play to you. You are thinking, shit. Actually, how much is it going to cost me mm. to replace if they leave? Yeah. And that isn't just replacing like for like. That's also paying headhunters fees. Yeah. So to be right. perfectly honest. With that level of confidence, like you're going into a client to do a negotiation, um, bring that to to your line manager or whoever it is. But it's always on the positive. Yeah. And not be emotional about it. Super rational. You can't be emotional. Yeah, yeah. You don't play it. Only play it in your head a couple of times. The more you play it in the head, the more wound up you're going to get and the more ag- and the more angry, uh, and, angry yeah. that you'll get and the more emotional. It's not an emotional mm. play. It's actually it's a business play. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is a bit that's business. And it's very difficult for creatives because we're... We, we we bring our emotions every day and we work in that emotional space. Yeah. Why don't, why aren't I worth this? <laughs> but I've won you loads of fucking awards. No, 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 no. No, this is a bit, this is a business bit. Yeah. You know, and get good at that. Yeah. It does take practice. You you might not get it straight away, but the more you do it in that framework, That's exactly. The better you know, if you, if you don't get it on the next one, you go, well, you know, I, well, let, let's come back in three or four months' time and we'll have that conversation again. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be ready for that conversation then. But it's always on a business. It's always business. It's always transactional. It's never emotional. Yeah. yeah? And, and they are, and, 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 and it's the way that you ask. So even if you don't get it on your first one, you are now on the radar for expecting something, but in a very positive way, not taking any shit. Yeah. That's such great advice. Honestly. And I think you can apply it, again, not just advertising, but any job. Yeah, Especially oh, that mental space of thinking extremely rational, not yeah. taking it personally, and almost seeing it as something that you have to train for. You know, not hugely, but just putting yourself out yeah, there. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's really good. But do your, you know, do your, do your homework, find out... You know, when the companies are starting to look at uh, people's raises and, and, you know, and do it within that framework. But get in the mindset of you all, you know, if you can get in your head that you are talking to your fucking uh, phone provider and you're looking to get a discount, that bit of you that clicks in, go, well, actually, you know what, mm. I've done this, 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 and this, and I would uh, get into that mindset. It's a business mindset. No, that's such. That honestly, as soon as soon as that clicked in, and I, I, you know, I was usually the one going, but I can't afford my rent, and oh my god, I've got vet bills. <laughs> I mean, like we did, you know, I can't afford. Blah, blah, blah. And and no, it's no, it, it's it work. yeah, it's business. We are yeah. in a business after all. See, only two two times a year, then you have to kind of like play the business card, but it's that's worth right. it. 
it is worth it. Well, on that note, it's going to have to end. I can't believe it has to end. Thank you so, so much. Pleasure, darling. It was so good. We'll do it with wine next time. Definitely, when I can drink. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of This Way Up. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Please look out for more empowering interviews in the weeks to come. Now, I have a couple of special favors to ask. Firstly, if you've enjoyed this conversation, then please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. It really helps generate exposure for the podcast and allows a wider audience to get access to these really important topics. Secondly, if you know of anyone else that would enjoy this show and benefits from the topics I cover, then do please share the podcast. Um, By sharing this with just a couple of people, it will just help spread the good message and hopefully support the women this podcast was designed to reach. Finally, if you can follow This Way Up podcast, or one word on Instagram, you'll get notified of future episodes. And the idea is that together we can build a powerful community and hopefully start to change the creative industry. That's it from me. Until next time.